Philadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who never forget to move the elf on the shelf. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> uh, hey, guys. This is Chuck Siders. And speaking of the elf on the shelf, the elf on the shelf does not come to our household. We made a deal with Santa so that he uses his magic snowball to view the children all year round. So if you talk to my children, make sure they know that that is why we do not have the elf on the shelf. We signed up for the magic snowball program. If you'd like to help perpetuate uh, the holiday magic, you can hit me up on Twitter at Chuck Siders. <laughs> you can have the show at Potadelphia. Uh, and I'm Gene Zelak, and uh, I've never met an elf on the shelf. Um, it doesn't sound like something that I would have the uh, patience or uh, creativity to manage. So um, I would like to have more information about the Snow Globe program, please. Uh, and, and you can actually give me that information at my Twitter handle, which is at Producer Gene. Um, and, uh, yeah, just hit hit my DMs. <laughs> and you don't have to give the show intro anymore. Like, we can give it twice. Or maybe yeah. give the whip around. We'll do it at the top of the show <laughs> as opposed to the end. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you could fo you could follow the show at Potadelphia also in case uh, <laughs> no one picked up on that. Uh, yeah, so Elf on the Shelf is definitely pain in the ass. Pre you know, uh, uh, we have to put a, a warning uh, at the top of the show here that um, you know if there are Santa believing ears listening to the show, you know they may want to listen to something else. So yeah, the Elf on the Shelf is a colossal pain in the ass. It sounds like like a fun thing to start off with and then like the first night that you forget to do it you're all stressed out and then you wind up setting an alarm that goes off at 10 o'clock every night to remind you to move it and then you get annoyed with it so you just turn off the alarm and then also don't move the goddamn elf on the shelf so did the kids buy it like for uh, me? Nah, you know it's just like it's it, like i said it sounds like a good fun thing for like little kids to begin with and then it just turns into you know, a bit of an obligation. Yeah, I think at some um, point probably it becomes like a test of wills. Like, do you believe this or do I believe this? Does anybody believe that any of this is real? <laughs> <laughs> we should do. All right, got. If you are listening at home or in your car or wherever, and you have a a friend of the family who has children, um, you should do the elf on the shelf in their house. It would require a lot of discipline. But I think it would be totally oh, worth that, it. Yeah, that would be epic. Uh, yeah, if you could pull that cat burglar style, cat burglar style off. Uh, anyway, this was a colossal setup just to say that Doug Peterson didn't forget to move his Wentz to the bench. <laughs> right? I almost thought he was going to, though. That was the thing. Is we, you know, he didn't he didn't check his alarm early enough in the game in my opinion to to, to I, move his way i know and then like jalen woke him up at six o'clock in the morning and go can i go downstairs and look for the wince <laughs> <laughs> you know no <laughs> i have to go do something downstairs first. he was causing uh, a distraction in the locker room yesterday is he still doing that today <laughs> All right, so obviously this is like forget the Packers game. That's like forget the Packers game except for the last five minutes, unless you want to talk about that. Um, but this is all this is this is the headline news just dropped today. Uh, what's today? Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. You're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, we just found out uh, a few short hours ago. It came out. It was announced that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback on Sunday against the Saints. 
your thoughts. I, I am relieved. I'm a little bit excited to actually watch the game for the first time in God knows how long. Um, I am surprised. I really didn't think that it would happen. Yeah, with Jalen finally got some time in the last game, but I thought a couple days removed and with Doug playing coy, I kind of thought that it was going to be once again or once on a short leash or something. But I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't know what I'm expecting to see. I don't know if I'm expecting to see the next quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm just happy there's some accountability for Carson. Um, not a great first opponent. Here's your first start. <laughs> Go up against the Saints. See if you can put up 60 as well. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited and I'm a, a bit surprised. Do, do you think that there's, there's some part of the thinking that this game has got there, there's very low stakes, as much as there can be low stakes for a team that's in the NFL and there's only 16 games. Um, at this point in the season, to a certain degree, the stakes are very low. There's nobody that's expecting the Eagles to go in and win this game. Um, so do you think that that weighed into the Doug Peterson's thinking? It's like, I can spare Carson another embarrassment. I can actually see what I have with Hertz after a week of practice. Uh, it maybe gets the message across to Wentz that he's got to act like a franchise quarterback and get his head out of his rear end. Um, or worst case scenario or best case scenario, depending on how you look at it, Jalen Hurts goes in, plays really well, and either keeps the game close or wins the game. And then maybe you have the kind of problem that that you want where you have two, you have at least one quarterback that look like they may have some value um, and, and maybe can try to figure out a way to, to make that a future thing um i i don't know i've I've been trying to sort of noodle through all of the different possible reasons why you would do this um because you can't cut carson you can't trade him so noodles that's kind of where i'm at because (laughs) the the as many different scenarios as i played through my mind as so as much as there is excitement about this, like it's exciting to see the backup quarterback come in and play. Let's see what he has. Even my wife said, oh, I'll watch that now. I'll watch on Sunday now where there was no way in hell she was going to watch, you know, uh, uh, a business as usual 2020 Eagles game against the Saints where, you know, the only question is, will we cover the spread? Um, so as exciting as that is, the question remains – what is the best outcome of this change on Sunday? Because it is an impossible situation. You're in an impossible situation now. You've just changed your impossible situation to a different impossible situation. If Hertz plays well, he'll play the rest of the season. I think he may play the rest of the season anyway. But if he plays well, literally what do you do at that point? Because like you said, you can't cut Wentz. The cap hit is just, what is it? 50 million. It's like 60 million. It's enormous. Yeah. So that's out of the question. You can't trade hurts because how the hell are you going to trade the best quarterback on your team to play the back? But you also can't not trade him because you can't have a $30 million backup backing him up and then if 
if Hertz plays poorly, well, then basically that validates everyone's assumptions about Doug Peterson as well. Doug Peterson's the problem. If everyone plays poorly under Doug, then Doug's the problem. So what do you want to happen? <laughs> oh, that's a that's a loaded question. Because it's it's one of those things. It almost sounds like a a symptoms of a, a symptom of Eagles fan depression. You can't see a way out of the scenario. Every way you look is just bad. And in my head, through as the season has gone worse and worse, I was expecting a, a house cleaning. I was expecting, all right, Howie's got to go. The new GM will bring in a new coach. We'll suck with Wentz for a bit until we can get rid of him and then see what happens. And now, you know, I want Hertz to succeed because why wouldn't you? You know, especially with all these doubts surrounding Carson. You know, we're not going to dwell on it, but whatever the the hell is going on with his game right now, on top of the years of injury history, on top of whatever locker room issues this dude might have, I'm not saying his career is over. I'm not saying they can't be a starting quarterback somewhere, but he's stacking the deck against himself. So I guess I hope Hertz goes in there and shows enough, shows enough to go, hey, this guy's got a little something. And what I saw in the Packers game, that gave me a little hope. I don't know if it was a little hope or maybe even more pissed off at, at Wentz was the steadiness in the pocket. You know, he was, he received pressure, but he made decisions, you know, not all of them great, but it wasn't Carson Wentz head on a swivel of, I have to make a decision and I'm just, this is the one I'm making. And it looks like just pure chaos hurts looked okay. He looked good. He looked, he did not look like a rookie quarterback getting his first, you know, real action. So I'd love to see, I'd love to see him look decent and then hope that he's our Tom Brady, you know, okay. That's an extreme example, but hope he's the, the guy who was brought in to be an auxiliary piece a backup. And turns out we hit that scratch off ticket and he's the real deal. I mean, it's a big hope, and I don't know where, where we're going to find out Sunday, but well, the wild I just hope he looks card, good. Yeah, the wild card here could be Jeffrey Lurie because, you know, by all accounts, he's the one who kind of gave the authorization. You know, if you need to bench Wentz, do it. I'm okay. I'm, you know, it's fine if you do it, probably because it became such like a a, a, a public embarrassment, a national disgrace, this team. Um, that it came to that point, but you know it will, and, and we may never know. But will Laurie be comfortable saying, "Play the best quarterback you have on the roster next season"? I don't care what the salaries are, or is he going to say, "You got to play this guy"? I'm paying him. You convinced me to spend 120 million dollars on this guy. I want to see my, I want to see my, you know, my guy on the on the on the field. I, 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 you know, I don't know, but that's a wild card situation. Do you do you think that? that was part of the issue is that there was a, a tension bef- when the season started that um, that Peterson felt like he was sort of handcuffed to Wentz's uh, yeah. triumphs or failures. And 
I mean, like, how do you coach under those sorts of circumstances, uh, especially when from the inside perspective of Doug Peterson, meaning his job and uh, the ultimate goal of making the playoffs, because if you don't make the playoffs, then you, you can't you can't win the all you know, you can't win the Super Bowl. So, you know, until very I mean, realistically, if they were to to win out, there's a chance they still make the playoffs by hook or by crook. But um, how can you do your job as a head coach when you are uh, verboten to play the best player on your team at the most important position on the field? Like how how can you expect as a, a as a head coach to be able to be evaluated fairly at the end of the day if you feel that you are not able to field the most productive product. Uh, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, I feel like the head coach has got to be empowered that he doesn't, th- the salaries are irrelevant to the head coach. That is a Howie Roseman problem. That is a, a Jeffrey Laurie problem. But as far as me, head coach, I put out the best player and I would try to win the football game oh yeah okay yeah we're gonna see doug peterson go into laurie's office and just slap his big dick on the table (laughs) and say look jeff (laughs) i'm gonna play who i want to play when i want to play him and in your opinion doesn't really matter i i think he i think if he goes in there i think he's gonna drop his lombardi trophy on, on the table first before he unzips his fly I think that's probably. I, I mean, well, that's I, the loser move, man. If you're going to whip it out, you better whip it out. That should be first. Yeah, that's it. Uh, for, uh, before I have, before I tell you what I'm going to say, um, my friend here, Coy Detmer, would like to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's bringing in a ringer. That's like, well, that actually shows good coaching. He is delegating. He's you put like, your players in a position to succeed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, exuding Nick, false confidence, you want Coy Detmer and his uh, epic <laughs> cock slap. But if you want somebody to whip it out, you want Nick Foles. Right. And, and... Right, but we're not even going to go down that path again, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> where the hell were oh, But this is not a unique problem to Doug Peterson. I mean, we've no. seen this in sports. We've seen this in this town. Like, how many years of trotting out Ryan Howard at first base – did we have to endure only because he was under an albatross of a contract, thanks to Ruben Amaro, um, and we all knew that he wasn't part of the future, part of that rebuild, part of that transition period that we needed, that we all knew we needed to go through, uh, but everyone was in denial. So we're sitting here with this shit Phillies team that you know we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I mean, like, it's that's it's not it may be a extreme situation when you talk about an NFL quarterback and as young as Carson Wentz is, but. I mean, you know, as a fan, you got to do what's best for the team, like you're saying, Gene, and you got to play the guy that's going to get you the wins. I mean, it's just as simple as that. But, but do you even want coach, wins at this point of the season? Well, that's a good question. But I'm saying if you're a coach and you pull that move, like early in the season when we were first calling it, you better fucking be right. Like if you bench, you know, the $50 million man and the guy you bring in just gets lit up, well, and then that's gone. a sub. That's like a, a another layer to this like rotten onion that we're dealing with. Is that is Doug? Where's Doug's confidence at this point in his own ability to call a game and coach a game? Because every button he pushes this year is basically the wrong button. So if he does pull a move like that, like like I said, you know what what happens if Hertz plays poorly uh, the rest of the way? 
is Doug exposed? Is his lack of a coordinator uh, exposed even further? Yeah, well, I, I think that that's maybe been his biggest problem is that somehow he's he's got himself into a situation where he is the only one accountable at this point. Um, he's sort of – if you're going to not have a coordinator, you are basically saying – um, if this doesn't work, it's on me. Uh, I'm not t- entirely sure where the resistance to all of that came from. I don't know if it's arrogance. Um, I don't think anybody was taking credit, at, at least not before this year, away from Doug as the head coach of the team that won the Super Bowl. I think that um, we also gave credit to having Frank Reich on the team. And I think that the way he sort of performed as a head coach in Indianapolis, now he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he took a team that was certainly headed to the, trending in the wrong direction and has made them, you know, respectable. So I think that we can probably say that he had a lot to do with how we succeeded in 2017. Has Carson Wentz performed as well as he did when Frank Reich was here? Was there some way that he was able to either get the correct play call for him or was was he did he just have a better uh, rapport with him in the meeting rooms I, I, these are all things we, we we may never know but when it comes to this season right now where we are at um the real per- person that's going to have to be the fall guy in my opinion has got to be the general manager this all sort of comes back to the situation that Howie Roseman put them in he he has missed on way too many draft picks and he has the, the decision to bring in a quarterback in the second round whether you, you they all said the right things but if, if if I was sitting here and um was asked to train or, or or basically you know have the person who's going to replace me show up to work every day um and I knew that that was just a matter of like the next time I fuck up um it's going to get in my head uh it, the amazing thing is how tr- like tragically and spectacularly it seems to have gotten into Carson Wentz's head I I don't know that I can quite compare anything in football to what I've to the sort of how he's fallen off the table um this is a guy who physically seemed like there was no way he could drop beyond below like sort of middle level Uh, you know how how many times did we argue about how he was the best quarterback in the NFC East and it was ridiculous that anybody would even bring up Dak's name um uh, you know, I think that the tables have turned on us, my friends. Um, so, I mean, in in most cases, you would have seen a move much earlier. You know, even even Rich Cotite, I think, would have had a quicker hook. Um, but I, but this this has been bad. This has been hard to watch. And what I what I want is I want to see progress. I want to see that there is hope in some way, shape, or form. I liked watching Jalen Hurts at the end of the game on against Green Bay because uh, I don't really care how much you pay the quarterback. I mean, I do, but... No, it's not not my problem. But it's not my problem. My What I care about is I don't want to get embarrassed. It's it's one thing to lose. Uh, but this team not only, like, loses, but it, 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 it loses in such stupid ways that it's embarrassing. And it's, it's really hard to want to... Ex, you know, spend the emotional capital that I spend watching an Eagles game to to feel embarrassed when I'm done. To feel you're still putting shame. emotion into these games. I, I think I, I think that ship sailed sometime before the Seattle game. But <laughs> I know, but, I, but I hear what you're saying. In, in the same week that you watched the New York Giants go into Seattle 
and, and and take care of a Seahawks team that you know you looked incompetent against, and then on Monday Night Football, watch Washington Football Team beat an undefeated Steelers team that you also came up short against, and you know you're looking around like what? Forget signature win. You're like, when is my last win? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's those two wins by the Giants and the the Washington football team really are probably a good thing because it puts more distance between the Eagles and winning the division because you happen yeah. to tie at some point. I the the worst thing that could happen to the Eagles, I think Dave, you asked a little bit ago what do you want to see happen? And then of course we didn't answer that question. But um <laughs> I think the worst thing that could happen to the Eagles would be to win the division through just sheer incompetence of the division and have it be that stupid fucking tie that did it. And then we get into the the playoffs, win the, the wild card round, and everyone goes, hey, we got in the playoffs and we won a round. But when- I'll challenge you with that, and I will say that Hurts getting Mojo, clearly defining himself as the better of the two quarterbacks – and leading them somehow to pass two teams ahead of them with only four games left to get into the playoffs is something I can take away from the season, I think. I don't, no, I don't no. think that's the worst scenario. No, no, I agree. I'm saying, I'm saying the fact that the Giants and Washington showed that they're not completely incompetent. Oh, right, right, right. The fact that the Eagles would have to win a couple as opposed to just, hey, you win against... I think um, – I forget the, the woman's name. She's now with uh, the Seattle Kraken, but she used to be into analytics on the Eagles. But she came up with the nightmare scenario of I think the Eagles could win the division with four wins. And that's what I wanted to avoid. Those two wins are huge. It means that if Hurts does – if. That's so weird. No, that means <laughs> the Giants Hurts, and the Redskins don't play each other anymore. Uh, I'm not certain. This is this was yeah. a while back that she came up with that sort of oh, prognostication. Okay. But if Hertz does lead them to the playoffs and wins a round, uh, sign me up. If he if he looks good enough or the team plays well enough under him, well, that's something. That's something to get excited about, especially in this football season. I think the worst football season we've watched in a long time that doesn't have fucking basketball or hockey going on simultaneous with it. You can't, you know, the Eagles lose. They're the only game in town right now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's the Saints this week. You got, you guys know what the line is? It was it was uh, it was good, trending up last I saw. I don't know if it's actually hit double digits yet. Because I'm wondering, you know, if, if like the unknown, like there's not a lot of film on Hertz at this point. Does that give, you know, does that give him more of a puncher's chance? Um, then it, you know, then it would be if you know just Carson was playing. Yeah, I think it probably does, and I I, I like the idea of having that element of um, somebody that feels like they they have something to prove and uh, a little bit of. Uh, swagger, a little bit of confidence. Carson Wentz has had none of that for months at this point. 
Um, but it's seven now. The, the line is seven okay. right now. I mean, right. it's in Philly. What's I mean, a home field advantage mean anymore? <laughs> it's supposed to mean three points, but I don't yeah. know that it does. Um, but there's well, no I mean, crowds, it's, so yeah. it's, out, it's, it's the outdoor thing with the scenes. Yeah, and, and it will be cold, <laughs> colder than it would be in the dome. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the interesting thing will be does Hurts try and – you know, we ju- really we just need to see him play a clean game. You know, what I mean, I-, I still don't feel confident that the Eagles would win. But if we come out of this game and it's within, you know, if it's if we lose by ten, you know, but Hertz plays a clean game, I think that you you go the following week and you try to roll it again. Um, yeah, I think I think two, you know, two ten, two twenty five, two touchdowns you know, one interception, something like that, you'd have to say like, wow, okay. You know, against this defense, all right. Yeah. Now we, you know, we could build on this. We at least look like a competent football team. You know what I mean? And I don't know if the goal is to win games. You certainly, I don't think if is you're that the... too good of a game, that did I just paint too good of a picture there? I, that, that would be um, a really good game, in my opinion. <laughs> no, I think that's... Uh... 225? Yeah, 225. My bar is very low. <laughs> with know, what are Wentz games anymore? Like one thirty? Yeah, they're like they're like one ninety five. Two interceptions. Yeah, and a, and, yeah. and two fumbles, <laughs> one lost. Yeah, but, you know, and nine sacks. Yeah, right, right. right. But like that's that's you know, my, can... that's and that's my feeling is if if you end up having to roll with Hertz for the rest of the season, th- there is sort of a, a a plus side if you see that he could have value and you could realistically try and make that into an asset because you really, sh- you know, that, that maybe that was the plan all along. Um, this would be the way to, to raise his stock. Uh, the other thing is, you know, maybe this is the thing that will correct Carson's head. This is, maybe this is the auto reset. This is, you know, you shut the computer right. down and you wait instead of 30 seconds, you wait four games and then you, you, you boot him back up. Spoken and, like a true IT professional. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the optimist view. If you're, uh, you know, if you don't want to have to buy your 50% off uh, Carson Wentz jersey, or if you do want to buy your 50% off Carson Wentz jersey uh, and not have it be useless by the time you get to August. So let me ask this. If you were to say that you didn't want to trade Carson Wentz and you, and you wouldn't trade him for Joe Montana you wouldn't trade him for Jim Brown or Jerry Rice or uh, any of the the great NFL players of the past. Um, would you would you would you keep him off the table like that, or would you move him on? <laughs> I, I mean, I I think I would be fielding calls. I mean, I think I've been fielding calls on Carson Wentz since about week four, honestly. <laughs> So let's let's transition to the Phillies real quick and talk about this rumor that was going around and rumor in air quotes, reverse <laughs> air quotes, rumor um, that they were shopping um, Zach Wheeler. Have we and, gotten any indication as to what the genesis of all this nonsense was? Well, I mean, it's like, you know virtual winter meeting conversations. And I, I think we don't know the actual source, but I believe the source came from other teams, not from within the Phillies, which lead me to believe that they had an actual conversation with the Phillies about right, it. Right, right, right. And I think who reported it. Was it Tim Kirchin? 
I thought it was only. It was only. It was only. only. But either way, it was a reputable source. Yeah. And so, I mean, how is the team without a general manager trading, you know, some of their top, trying to make a deal with top talent? um, Like, where do you get off on doing this? Well, I think you answered your own question there. They don't have a GM. So they they don't have competent leadership. And um, I think that one of the things that can happen when you're in these sorts of situations is you can find yourself having one conversation before you know it. If you are not prepared the way you would be if you're a professional general manager, uh, you know, for Major League Baseball, all of a sudden you went in there having a conversation about um, a backup utility player. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, you, you've you've oh, so, you said too much about Zach Wheeler, and and somebody makes and somebody leaks something. You know what I mean? It's, so you think so you're going to entertain the story? Like maybe they're because they are trying to trade Gene Segura. Yeah. Um, a conversation about Gene Segura, and then another, you know, a GM goes, "Well, you know, I don't know. What do, what do you think about Zach Wheeler?" And then and the guy says, "You know, make me an offer." Well, what do you th- not what do you think about Zach yeah. Wheeler? And then you know he goes to Buster Olney and says, "Oh, Phillies are talking about Zach." I mean, you think that's how it went down? I think that that's as likely as as any. You know, what I mean, especially considering if you don't have uh, people who may have been prepared to go into this sort of situation. I like to believe that whoever is like representing the Phillies at this winter meeting is not some incompetent rube. Um, No, they are. (laughs) No, I I mean, no, Phillies management is bullshit morons. And I don't believe anything they say ever. It's like, why even talk? Because I don't believe anything you're saying. It could be true. I mean, it might not be true. You might be too dumb to know that it's true or that it's not true. Uh, but no matter what, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right. And, and this was the second one in a week where something outrageous came out and then it was later clarified. And those feel like test balloons. Someone reported, and then, you know, this is me not doing my preparation, but that the Eagles had stated that they had lost $2 billion last year. Right. And then that hung around for a couple of days. And then it was, no, 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 it's $175 million. Right, and then it's which is a shit ton of money. It is a shit ton of money. Shit ton of money. But they're crying poor with an outrageous number, and then they said, "No, no, no." The reporter got it wrong. It was one seventy five million. But you don't say one seventy five. I said, "Oh, I thought you said two billion. Yeah, exactly. Two billion. (laughs) That's not a misquote. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I really think it is the Phillies are prepared to cry poor but want to keep some level of enthusiasm. And so I'm sure they were shopping Wheeler. I'm sure like, and then it got out and they quickly realized, well, any trade value he had is gone. And we look like assholes. Like, no, 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 we're not trading him for anybody. Right. So Middleton came out with a quote that he wouldn't trade him for Babe Ruth, Ted. Well, what is the exact quote? Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, and someone who is still alive, but well retired. Yeah, I, very was, the last I mean, to me, it was sort of comforting to know that they wouldn't trade him for any dead baseball players. That is literally my elf on the shelf alarm. That is going, <laughs> like, not shitting you. That is literally, and now I'm going to stop it and then I'm not going to. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> so real quick, if you listen to this show and it's like 5 a.m. at that underscore lobster, <laughs> you go, did you move the elf on the shelf? Okay. Which I will be up for because there's a rumor that uh, Target's dropping PS5s at 3 a.m. Ooh. So I, anyway. Um, <laughs> That's for our South So Korean it is comforting listener. to know that the Eagles, uh, I'm sorry, the Phillies front office is savvy enough not to trade any of our current players for dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't want to take that for granted before that quote, but I feel like now we're confident enough that we will not trade any active players for corpses. I mean, this is the problem when you don't have a, a general manager that you, you know, you could get swindled by a couple of, a couple of Do you of think we need a shambling corpses? Do you think we need, like maybe um, the Eagles and the Phillies can get in together on a, um, what is it? Zip recruiter ad <laughs> uh, for a offensive coordinator, general manager position, like a hybrid Just sort of try to save position? a buck, you know, yeah. like you kind of hybrid that. Yeah. Position. Maybe they so could find a dead guy Joe to buck. do it too. Yeah. They could find with a Joe buck. Yes. <laughs> oh. um, in other news in Philadelphia, uh, we have some COVID, um, some uh, COVID cases on the Sixers that are causing delays in the camp. Mm. Um, most notably, our number one draft pick, Tyrese Maxley, Maxi, sorry, uh, and he's been watching these practices via Zoom, uh, trying to get his education in there in the NBA. So I'm sure that's going to be great for his development. Does he set we... up like a blanket for it to do his Zoom calls, like my nephew does? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, think I don't that know, would but be that sounds fun. fun to me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You think he's got an iPad with like a foam uh, case with a handle on it, so yeah. you know it doesn't drop it. Right. Um, and then, to no one's surprise, Mike Scott has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Was he hanging out with Harden? Is that how that happened? Well, I would say, if you had to guess which Sixers player comes in comes into contact with the most bodily fluids, <laughs> I, I would get with like with a bullet mike scott and yeah. I, I if actually if you look closely enough i believe he already had a covid tattoo <laughs> of the, the actual of the virus, virus itself yeah yeah it, it was it, like it, aim it, here <laughs> what's that i said it's like aim here that's what it said underneath <laughs> of it aim here yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised to see mike scott like his file fo photo for like action news, Mike Scott pictured here, you know, sharing a cup, uh, a cup of beer with random strangers as of yesterday. You yeah. know, it's <laughs> the Mike Scott kissing booth probably just closed. <laughs> but I, look, I don't, I it, look, I don't joke around about people having COVID, but I mean, I, I believe Mike Scott will throw hands at COVID and just knock it out. Like I'm not, I'm not concerned. But Mike Scott's too bad of a dude. Um, I feel like anyway. COVID's picked the picked the wrong fight in this case. Yeah, seriously. And the and the other news. Did I hear that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are like living together for a little while? Well. I I woke up the other morning and I could hear the theme song from the odd couple playing and I didn't really know what it was. And then I realized it was just being blasted, uh, you know, broadcast from Comcast tower. That... Which one is Walter Matthau? 
uh, I think that it's pretty clear that um, that yeah. Ben is probably the messy one. You know what I mean? Like, no, what? What? <laughs> No, 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 no. Embiid is Walter Matthau, and uh, and uh, and Ben's, Ben's the neat freak. Jack Lemon. Yeah, Ben's the neat freak. Well, see, I was gonna say Felix Unger and make the classic. We're out of milk. F you. Yeah. <laughs> Pick oh, up your sock. Yeah, yeah. F you. Took me three weeks to realize F you meant Felix Unger. No, it's it's <laughs> we're it's we're out of milk. B S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See who the fuck needs Neil Simon? You have us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, th- and then today, even was it today that the um, the Woj bomb came about? James Harden says he would like a trade to the Sixers. Well, I mean, it's 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 odd what's been sort of happening just like in the last twenty four hours with James Harden. I mean, obviously <laughs> everybody was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get us some James Harden. He's gonna go to Brooklyn. He's gonna go, you know." And everybody wanted a piece of uh, James Harden. Then a couple of pictures of him partying in Vegas, or wherever he was. I think Vegas is where the the shots get, that came out in the last couple of days were from. Yeah. Um, you know, now all of a sudden I'm reading headlines like, uh, "Do we really want James Harden? Do we really? Maybe he was the problem in Houston all along." Um, I, I don't sure. know, man. Uh, it's it's one of those things where. Sure, there's 40 no, a night's the problem. Yeah, there's definitely nothing wrong with his basketball. I, and until, like, now, suddenly he's, uh, you know, a, a problem child as far as his personality. Um, I, I don't know what's, what Houston's up to. They did sort of fire sale all of their talent. Um, and I don't know if they're going into the tank or if they're just sort of trying to, to reboot. I, I'm not really sure what's going on. But, you know, if you wanted to put James Harden with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I... I'd probably I'd probably sign up. Well, I think it. that's the problem is that, that that's not a solution because they want a young the, the demands from Houston are they want a young young star to build around and then like a shit ton of number ones. Yeah. So you're going to have to give up Ben and a bunch of number ones, which doesn't seem practical. And then it's kind of like not not that Ben is James Harden or that those players are equal in by any stretch of the imagination, but it is kind of like a wheel spin where you're still looking for that number three. If Tobias Harris is not, is not the answer or really, you don't know. I kind of just only want to get involved in this trade. And it's one of those things where you, you have signed up, you, you have kind of pushed your chips all in because now you've got an aging superstar who's on the down, right. probably on the downside. And you've got, uh, you know, a center who we all sort of know just because of his size, um, he doesn't have the same shelf life as a you know as as a guard. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and these are deals that like fuck up your organization for like half a decade because you lose all these ones. Yeah, and, and you got to try to do it by free agency and stuff, and it's just it's shitty unless you make more trades. Yeah, and it just tough, doesn't tougher road, especially considering Oklahoma City has basically all of the other number ones. It's going to be really difficult <laughs> to sort of wrestle them away from them. It's like the Oklahoma City draft. Yeah, sure. I want um, to backtrack real quick to the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid thing um, because we were too busy making jokes. I believe it was a joke from from Ben. I think he, he was being sarcastic, and someone reported it as fact. But there was a lot about them like doing like uh, being more involved with each other. Right. Wasn't that kind of the I, I mean, a lot came out of it, but 
the and again in my effort to do no research for this week's show <laughs> um what i had read was you know people were talking about their off the court relationship and efforts to to you know bond more that way and ben replied very dryly yeah we're gonna move in together and then that was reported as fact so um just to to clarify the point for for listeners who may not have heard Uh, yeah ben simmons not moving in with joel Embiid. i know i really wish it were true i really wish it were callback to you know, Claude Giroux living with Danny Briere. I was just going to say, um, this is not un- uncharted territory in Philadelphia sports. In hockey, you know, bosom buddies is sort of the way of life over at, uh, at uh, you know, at the the other half of the arena. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into it. Yeah, um, too many Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari <laughs> jokes to make. All right. Do we have any Flyers news, Chuck? Um, very little. Well, actually, you know what? It's very little, but it is probably the most significant news um, in a month. Um, Phil Myers has resigned. He was a restricted free agent. Um, I think it's a three-year deal, two point two five average annual value. Uh, again, off the top of my head, but I think that's right. So he was a, a dangling thread. I wasn't terribly concerned. Um, on to other things I wasn't terribly concerned about. There was a lot of talk of the NHL not wanting to honor the deal they made with the Players Association in the summer, of how much to pay them. Uh, that's gone out the window. That was never going to be a thing. The NHL was just sort of talking about, hey, can we do some more deferred money to, to lessen the cash crunch and maybe potentially the cap crunch coming up in the future? I don't know if they've come to terms on a slight modification of um, the original CBA agreed to in the summer or just proceeding without it, but that's not going to be a hang up for the season right now. um, All signs are pointing to the season actually starting on January 13th. That's the, the strongest, most, you know, definitive start date we heard as opposed to a pipe dream of january 1st yeah th- th- that's too late for me too late for the start of a hockey season yeah 13th that's too late well their season just ended you know yeah, and... i mean so did the nba season and, and they're going on what the 20 22nd 22nd or 23rd yeah yeah well and i was expecting the lockout special of 48 games starts you know first week of february that sort of thing um so i think it was just logistics ironing out the details that pushed it back a little bit later and is there any truth to this that they were only going to play our division that's not yes the, the the short answer is yes that i've seen the least demonstrative um talk but all signs point to yes because of the division-based bubbles. There's going to be a 56-game season um, for all the teams playing in the United States. You have seven um, division opponents. That's eight games apiece against those opponents. That should be a hell of a lot of fun, at least for me. At least, you know, I enjoyed when we came back from the big lockout that was division-heavy, and especially from a divisional playoff format. 
it's going to make the regular season a hell of a lot of fun um, to play eight games against our division. No Penguins, no Blue Jackets, most likely. I would love to have the Penguins in over uh, Carolina. We just have to hope their goaltending falls apart. We have Boston in the division this year and Buffalo as well. But no so, Tampa Bay. No Tampa Bay. But and so is so all of Canada is its own division. All of Canada is its own division. Are they They're gonna, gonna basically go to a, a central location? Because I don't know how that works in terms of you've got Montreal and you've got Vancouver and those two th- places are not close together. I mean, I know most <laughs> no, people are not Winnipeg have no, and yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of uh, you know the, the concept of how far or how big Canada is, but you know it's like Seattle to to Buffalo just to go, um, you know, Vancouver to 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 Toronto. So it's still a it's still coast to coast in several time zones. Correct. They're going to, the idea is it's going to be a different sort of bubble. I don't know if it's going to be a hundred percent bubble. Um, there will be a, that's actually the thing I've heard the most up in the air about as of, of late, there's a potential of games being hosted in a home arena. But if that's going to be the case, I would imagine the flyers are at home for two weeks and uh, Buffalo comes in for a three-game series, and Boston comes in for three something along those lines, um, just to really limit travel and control as much as you control. Um, there was the initial talk was each division would have their own hub, their own center, and it, Canada, it, it's pretty evenly split amongst you know it's a seven-team division. You have your three westernmost, your three easternmost, and Winnipeg. <laughs> um, so uh, either way, Winnipeg's getting screwed. So is Minnesota. Minnesota's going to have to play in the Pacific, essentially. Um, but it should be fun. And maybe by the time people are listening to this, we're going to have more concrete answers. I think by this time next week, we're going to have definitive answers, you know, bubble, no bubble, you know, Pittsburgh or Carolina. I really do believe it's going to be Carolina. And, and yeah, and, and what's going to look like it should be fun. All right. Well, you know what else is fun? Going to the penalty box. And uh, there's also a fun whistle noise that we're going to pretend we all heard. Uh, Dave, there we go. Dave, who is in your penalty box this evening besides the app on your phone? Uh, I'm going to go with um, shitty weekend warriors. You know, if you're going to do a home project around your house, at least pretend to do it right. Uh, I don't know how to do a lot of things in terms of home improvement, but if there's one thing that I feel like I'm pretty good at, I know how to do, it's painting uh, I got a pretty steady hand. I can cut in. I don't tape shit. Uh, I'm the fucking man when it comes to painting. But like, the, nothing pisses me off more than painting a room where the person who painted it before you, like, didn't take off the light switch cover, which is one goddamn screw, or <laughs> didn't take out the, uh, the 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 electrical socket plate. The the real kicker is like. 
what you painted a door, but you painted over the hinges. Why did you paint the hinges? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't look good. It's just you're lazy. That's all it is. Is you're a lazy piece of shit, and you didn't take off the hinges. Now I either have to also paint the hinges. Like that's the other thing too. It's like you either now you have to like paint what they painted, or else you see the paint. So I either need to also paint the hinges and look like you know a stunad. Or I have to go buy new hinges, which, you know, I don't really want to do. So anyway, the incompetent weekend warrior, I'm putting you in my penalty box. All right. So for do-it-yourselfers who should have let somebody else do it, you're getting a double minor. Two minutes for the option to pry up the freaking light switch plate with a putty knife and now like you've bent the fucking putty knife and maybe you're going to hammer back down that light plate and just tape over it and sorry just paint over it and now people are going to think you're an asshole and then another two minutes for I can't believe you tried to fix the toilet by putting a fucking screw in it do it yourselfers who shouldn't have you're getting four minutes Dude, I'm like beyond out of practice with the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a bit, but that one spoke to my heart, Dave. All right, Gene, you're up. Who is in your penalty box this evening? So did you guys see the end of the Jet Raider game? Anybody see the uh, end of the Jet Raider yeah. game? So yep. uh, I think uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the defensive coordinator for the New York <laughs> Jets into the penalty box. And uh, here's how it went down, because – this would have been the outright biggest win. And I hate rooting for the house, but man, like this would have been the outright biggest win of the season for Vegas, for the house, if the Jets had won that game outright. Um, it's been said by several different casino managers that if that, you know, a lot of people like to say that, that Vegas leans on, on certain things. And, but if they had really had control, they certainly wouldn't let this one slip by. So for those of you that maybe didn't see it, the situation where the, was the Jets were winning by four points at the end of the game with seconds remaining. And um, somehow, Harry Ruggs manages to get behind uh, with a double move uh, the defensive back and, and catches the pass and goes in for a touchdown, and, and the Jets lose by three. Um the problem here is, and the reason why I'm putting the defensive coordinator into the penalty box, is because all they had to do was not allow anyone to get into the end zone with the football. You could have lined up nine guys on the Next goal page. line. You you Six. didn't you didn't <laughs> have to worry about not giving up. You just had to keep you just had to keep them not in the end zone. This is not like a, a play from the two. Um, and what does he dial up? He dials up an all-out blitz. He dials up an all-out blitz. And obviously, an all-out blitz, very susceptible to the double move. Um, so there you go. I don't understand how you – who are you trying to fool, my friend, with your with your all-out blitz? Uh, if there was ever a case where uh, – if this was the strategy where the Jets had found themselves in position – to get clo- you know, further away from the number one pick, and it became more beneficial to lose the game <laughs> instead of win it. Uh, it's an interesting tactic. Uh, 
you you certainly have done your done your done well. Uh, you know, if there was ever a defensive coordinator that was going to get a a a, um, a game ball in a losing situation, this might be the only time to do it. Um, <laughs> so for for that, uh, for just I mean that's just dumb. At least if you are cheating, at least cheat better. Um, don't call an all out blitz. Just tell the guy to fall. Um, that's 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 who I'm putting in my penalty box. All right, Jets defensive coordinator, you brought the house when you should have played Red Rover. You're getting a two-minute minor for tanking the season poorly. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? All right, so in my penalty box is a a classic annoyance for uh, many a hockey fan. It's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, not the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's something we've all grown accustomed to. But if you're not a diehard hockey fan, it might not have fucked up your vocabulary. It's fucked up mine. I have a very hard time saying leaves. I have to consciously think about saying leaves. But I know this. So when I'm talking to my children, who I want to teach to speak well, I will see a pile of leaves and make sure to say leaves as opposed to leaves. And occasionally I, I screw up because I'm used to talking about maple leaves as opposed to leaves. But I, I'm diligent in, I, in my efforts to, to speak properly in front of my children. What was surprising to me is it fucks up all of my plurals with the F. So when I'm ta- talking to kids about the Christmas decorations and all those pretty reefs, in front of those houses. Yeah, they got a reef over there, they got a reef over there. That house has five reefs, as opposed to that house has five wreaths. Um, I feel like a jackass, and I'm blaming Con Smythe and his naming of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, Con Smythe, you may have thought you were honoring uh, honoring your uh, military core, your military background, but really you just fucked up the grammar for 100 years of hockey fans. Con Smythe, you're getting a five-minute major for fucking up the grammar. Hold on. Is the plural of wreath not wreaths? I swore it was wreaths. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to look it up here. Like, oh, wait, like Christopher White. Reeves? No, like a Christmas wreath. Wreath. Yeah, but I have I have three wreaths here. I'm gonna hang up on my three windows. <laughs> Are you gonna put any Re- wreaths on your door? <laughs> I don't even know how to contort my mouth to say wreath wreaths wreaths. I'll be damned! It's wreaths. <laughs> <laughs> you you bamboozled me there for a second. I was a little. You knocked me off my square. I started thinking, like, what the heck? Man, yeah, I've no, been it's saying it wrong my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what I've been saying my whole life. There you go, Chuck. You're good. You're good. I guess. <laughs> but, but it has cast doubt. I love it. I love ending on that note. All right. That's all the time we have for today. We will be back next week uh, to recap the, the Jalen Hurts event that will happen uh, next Sunday. Um, and, and any other news that comes down the pipeline for, for Philly sports will be there to cover. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just uh, just search Potadelphia and you'll, you'll find it. 
Um, if you have any more time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news. Uh, so, uh, you know, until we meet again, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.